Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I'm Connie, along with my Galentine for life, Meg. Today, she is going to tell us all about Dayton Leroy Rogers. Yes, the Malala <laughs> killer. And if you are listening to our podcast and you're thinking, I would like to do that, don't forget, we are a Zencaster-sponsored podcast. Please go to Zencaster.com slash pricing, enter code GRUESOME with a capital G, get 30% off your first three months, and then send us your podcast so we can listen to it as well. Yeah, be our podcast buds. It'll be the best. Um, I was debating whether or not I should tell this story before or after, but I think I'm going to tell it after and just like dive right in. Because I think it'll be funnier if I tell it after. But heads up on the trigger warning tonight. <laughs> Big heads up. Also, happy Galentine's Day, too. Sorry. Yeah. That was I was really like, cute. excuse me, I called you my Galentine and I'm getting nothing in return. So <laughs> no, happy Galentine's Day. I love Parks and Rec. It's one of my favorites. It's like a top three favorite show that Amy Poehler is like, I love her. You love guys are her. very similar. I read her book like four times. I also read Tina Fey's book, but I like Amy Poehler more. I just think she's funnier. If you guys ever... The other one isn't funny. I just prefer one to the other. If you think to yourself, I wonder what Connie and Meg would be like in an office setting. She would be Leslie Nope and I would be April for sure. (laughs) I would be Leslie Nope. I am way too... Uh, I'll I'll do that. Yeah, no problem. I'll pick it up. No problem. Mm-hmm. Let's do I'm it. just like no, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> I always think of the uh, the episode, the Halloween episode mm-hmm. with uh, Andy in April, and she's like, "People will be murdered," and he goes, "By fun." Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that too. That's our relationship. It is very much our Okay. So now I, now I will, now that I have recognized your Galentine, I will raise you a trigger warning yes. for this evening. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about rape and sex crimes, torture, murder. And we are also going to be talking about sex workers. Uh, because they're the target of this person. And I hadn't haven't used sex workers as a trigger before, but I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? They might ne- not necessarily want to hear this episode. So that is for you guys. And I also kind of wanted to say, if you ever feel like we miss a trigger warning, like you were listening to it and you were like, whoa, I did not want to hear about that. You can go to like the episode post that we do and just be like, hey, this could have been a good trigger warning. That's fine I- if you want to do that. Yeah, I'm the worst with that, and I... Sometimes we forget completely. Yeah, like, I will not think about it, like, at the beginning of the episode, but as I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, this should have been a trick warning. I'm sorry. I know, and it's, you know, it's hard to Google, like, what trigger warnings you should put in. I've I've done it, and I'm like, is... I need, like, a comprehensive list of different things, I think. You know it's going to be gnarly episode. When you start like naming off like ten of them, like this is bam, 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 bam. Yeah, it's not it's not a fun one, guys. Um, but I guess let's just get into it, and I'll, you'll find out why. On August seventh, nineteen eighty seven, at around one in the morning, 
a man drove down Union Avenue in Portland, Oregon, seeking companionship. He was driving a blue Nissan truck. He stopped near a woman near Northeast Avenue Street and Wygant Street. And he was like, hey, would you like to get in? This wasn't the first time he had met this woman before. In fact, he had already picked her up over the summer as well. So she recognized him. She got in. Roughly two hours later, that same truck pulled into the parking lot of a Denny's restaurant. The bars had just closed, so Denny's wasn't empty. It was kind of popping. There were a few people there. It was the only restaurant open in the area, not to mention that there were like houses and apartments kind of situated around there. Like, who doesn't want Denny's at three o'clock in the morning? I was going to say that, like, I can rock a Denny's in the middle of the night. (laughs) I would love a waffle at any time of the day. But 3 a.m., a man woke up out of a dead sleep to the screams of a woman coming from the Denny's parking lot near his apartment. She screamed out, help me, I'm being raped. He got out of bed and went to the window. At the exact moment, another man happened to run under a streetlight, giving the tired guy a pretty good look at who that person was. At the same time, a man named James was sitting in his van in the Denny's parking lot, and he also heard this woman screaming. He looked out, and he was able to make out two people at the end of the parking lot in the midst of a struggle. And the longer he looked, the more clearly he could see that there was a naked woman with a man looming over her. Oh my gosh. Another man, his name's Charles, was just outside the restaurant. And he also heard her screams. So Charles and James run towards what's happening. They're going towards the struggling couple to figure out what's going on. And the man, I know, for real. The man sees them coming, runs off. Totally opposite direction. He's just like bolts. Charles gets to the woman first and he finds her with her throat slit open. Without flinching, Charles performs CPR. Because he had been trained in emergency medicine, so he was ready. He goes to perform CPR. James ran inside to call 911. And as more people surrounded this incredibly bloody scene, they realized that this woman had also been stabbed several times. Oh my god. It was likely she was not alive. Yeah, it's awful. So now there's a group of several people. They're looking around. James comes back out, and as he's coming out, he sees a man come out of, like, the shadows in a building that's across the street. Comes out of the shadows, and he tries to run to a blue Nissan truck parked near the parking lot. James yells. He's like, there he is. That's the guy. So two other guys that aren't these first two run to their cars, and they drive them and try to block him in, which that's super badass. Good for them. But Blue Nissan just like ramps the sidewalk and escapes. So Richard was one of these guys. He chases this pickup truck in his own car at a hundred miles an hour. Just like he's like, nope, you're not going anywhere. Chases him. He does not catch the runaway truck, but he does get close enough to get his license plate. Hey, hey, good on you. 
So he gets the plate. He goes back to Denny's and law enforcement's there. Uh, the woman has been taken to the hospital. He gives the plate number to the police and the other six men who were all there at the same time, they all give statements. So these six guys heard this woman scream for at least two minutes, which when you're thinking about it, you know, it doesn't seem like that long of a time. That's excruciating amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) But in this case, it's kind of a long time. It's just enough time. Uh, But they said at first it sounded very muffled, like it was coming from inside somewhere and they couldn't tell where it was coming from. And then the man who had looked at his window when he like woke up because he heard it, he was able to give a description as he had seen him in the direct light. But near the scene of the murder, they found a double length pair of shoelaces tied as though it had been used to like hog tie someone. And they also found this woman's clothes. Her jeans, her hoodie, one sneaker, just one. At the hospital, she was identified as Jennifer Smith. She was 25. She was a mother of two. She didn't live that far from the street where she had gotten into this strange man's truck. She, it's not relevant. I mean, it is and it isn't. She did have an arrest record for indecent exposure and solicitation, but police wasted no time searching for this guy who was responsible like that didn't matter and i well i think it's important to say that because we have seen so many times where if sadly a victim has any type of record like that they are not they brush it off they are not a priority yeah so, so this good that it, it's good that that didn't matter yeah it absolutely was a priority So the two, the county sheriff's detectives were John Turner and Mike Mikado. John Turner is in this thing the whole time, okay, Detective Turner. Um, They ran this Oregon license plate that had been reported. They ran it through the system, and the information that comes back is that this truck is owned by 33-year-old Dayton Leroy Rogers of Canby, Oregon. They were at Rogers' house by 5 a.m. This happened at 3 a.m. The same day. I love to see it. Yeah. Love to see. He it. was not home. Surprise. But that was because he owned his own auto shop and he was still there pulling in all nighter. Quote unquote. And that wasn't unusual. Rogers notoriously kept strange hours. 535, they were at his shop. A man, clearly a little drunk, came to the door. He smelled like booze. His pupils were dilated, but he could speak okay, and he let the officers in, explaining that he hadn't left the shop all night. He'd been working there, and he was drinking bourbon mixed with strawberry mix all night long. Hadn't left once. Yeah, I know. I kind of was like, ugh, also. Uh, But the, the detectives determined that was a lie when Dayton was like, yeah, search my shop, search the truck, do what you gotta do. And they promptly found that the engine on his pickup was still hot, like to the touch. They're like, wow, this almost seems, seems like, like you, you were gone. <laughs> or and your truck is overheating. The plate and the description matched the vehicle that had just left Denny's. So in addition to this, despite saying he hadn't left all night, he had a bandaged hand. The detectives are like, hey, what happened to your hand? He was like, oh, yeah, I accidentally slipped on my hacksaw, I and I had to go to the hospital, and I got it treated. 
So he hadn't left all night, but he had gone to the hospital to get his hand treated from his hacksaw. And they were like, mm, you're sketchy as hell. You're arrested. Here are your rights. We're taking you into custody. Can you imagine just being like, I slipped on my hacksaw. <laughs> my hacksaw slipped, cut my hand all up from a guy named Dayton Leroy Rogers. Yes, I can. <laughs> I can believe that. Back at the police department, they learned that Dayton Leroy Rogers also had a history with the law. In 1972, he was 18 years old. He had picked up a 15-year-old hitchhiker. The 70s. Wild he man. again, quote unquote here, convinced her to go to the woods and have sex with him. Talked her into it. A few days later, they met back up under the premise of gathering sticks to make whistles. Again, the 70s. Yeah. But they went to the woods to have sex again. Once in the woods, Rogers told the girl to close her eyes, giving the impression that he was going to kiss her. But instead, he stabbed her in the stomach right above the belly button with a hunting knife. I he, take back anything I said about being wholesome. Yeah, not wholesome. Not at wholesome at all. He told her he didn't think he could trust her to be quiet because what he was doing was statutory rape. The girl convinced Rogers to take her to the hospital. She said that she loved him and that she would do anything. He apologized. He took her to the hospital. She survived, and he had only taken her to the hospital because she promised she would say that she had done it herself. It was an accident, but the hospital was like, this is not an accident. And so the hospital got her to tell on him, essentially. So he pled guilty to second-degree assault and was placed on four years probation for stabbing a girl in the stomach yeah the 70s man <laughs> the 70s poof i guess what less than six months later he was arrested again for sexually assaulting two different 15 year old girls with a soda bottle he was charged with one count of second degree and one count of third degree assault for each of the girls but was found not guilty by reason of insanity that's bullshit Yep, this whole thing is bullshit. So they sent him to Oregon State Hospital, and he was released on December 12, 1974. After that sentencing, the DA wrote a report that said, This man is an extreme danger to the community, particularly young women. He is sexually and physically violent, and without question, is a murder case looking to happen. Like, it's going to happen. Two well years later but let's let him out gala the da doesn't know what they're talking about he was found not guilty by reason of insanity two years later in january of 1976 rogers was charged and then acquitted of rape but while that charge was still pending in february he took two high school girls at knife point raped one of them while the other was forced to watch or else be raped herself. Then he bound their hand or he had bound their hands with um, a wire hanger. And when he was done, he apologized and they reported it. And so he was arrested again on more rape charges. In addition to a coercion charge, he pled insanity again 
and he was only convicted of the coercion charge, and he received five years in prison. I'm so mad. know why the rape charges were dropped? Because initially, initially, he had pulled up to these two girls who were skipping school, and he talked them into drinking beer and smoking weed with him. So technically, they went with him willingly, initially, and then they were forced at knife point to stay with him so that he could rape them. So they blamed the girls for drinking and smoking with him and essentially, like, asking for it. Yeah, it's total bullshit. I am boiling over with anger right now. Yeah, it is infuriating. I Again, I'll say it again. I'm so glad that we live in this time now. Where that shit would never fly. I mean, sometimes it still does. Yeah, it might still fly, but like not to this extent, I don't think. No. If that happened, no way. Yeah, and if you, I don't know, if you're listening and you are a male or a female, I'm not going to discriminate in this sense, and you have been drinking or doing drugs with someone and you force them to have sex and they're saying no, and you know, I don't know, I have to have a knife. knife. You have to pull out a knife. That is not consent. And bind them. Yeah, that is not consent. Even if they are going along with it so they're not murdered, that is not consent. Not consent. That is rape. The crazy thing is that, like, this list, it's not even done. That's not where it starts. I know. That's, like, why I'm getting, like, (laughs) angry because we're only, it's only just begun. 20 minutes in and I'm, like, ready to go postal. (laughs) He also went to jail for kidnapping a sex worker and parole slash probation violation. He spent overall only 27 months in prison and his parole was terminated in January of 1983. Wait, 27 months total for everything Mm -hmm. he's ever done? Mm -hmm. You gotta Mm -hmm. be. Nope. 27 months in prison. So let's rewind. Rewind. Fast forward. We're going to go back to Jennifer. The state medical examiner said that there were 11 knife wounds in her body. Ten were incredibly deep. One was her throat. Of the eight to the front of her body, two were in her stomach. The cut that likely caused her death was the one in her chest that severed a major artery. There were two in her back that cut a V into her liver. And that's not to mention the other cuts and the bruising on her wrists and defensive cuts on her hands. So she, like, she was tortured. Her poor babies. Yeah. They arrested Rogers on suspicion of murder, and they continued to search a shop where they found the remnants of a single sneaker in the shop's wood stove. Oh. Among okay. other things that seemed weird, there were grommets that looked like they were from some clothes in the shape of a star. There were rhinestones. There were color, there was colorful glass in there. His truck was thoroughly investigated, and inside they found blood that did not belong to Rogers or Jennifer. There were knife cuts all over the car, in the dash, in the lining, on the doors, in the seats, everywhere. They found Jennifer's ring finger print on the outside passenger door handle. And after speaking with the hospital, Rogers claimed to have been at that morning. Uh, They said that it was likely he was not cut with a hacksaw because the knife was, it was a knife because the cut was too smooth. 
It was okay. not like jagged, jagged like a hacksaw yeah. would have cut you. So detectives are like, this is our guy. This is definitely our guy. Let's get some nails for this coffin. Right? Mm-hmm. They do the lineup with all the guys from Denny's. Like the Denny's bros. Hey, out of all of these people, who do you think it is? 20 seconds. They're like, it's him. Dayton, Leroy, Rogers. And then they go and talk to other sex workers in the area. And honestly, them going and talking to the sex workers, it blasted this thing wide open. Because these women, they show them a photo of him and they're like, oh yeah, that's Steve. And you're like, nope, who's Steve? According to them and him, Steve is a professional gambler from Las Vegas. Sometimes he's from Reno. On average, he would offer $60 for a bondage scenario. These girls all recalled a very similar situation. They would be required to be completely nude with no shoes on because he had a foot fetish. After they were undressed, the women would be bound at their wrists and ankles with whatever he had available. Shoelaces, rope, wire, dog collars, whatever. And once they were bound, he would torture and mutilate them. Before each of these dates, he would restock his bottled orange juice and vodka mini bottles that he kept in his truck so that he could make and drink screwdrivers while he did this. And that's important to note. So make a mental note. Remember that. Screwdrivers. Okay. Yeah. Tiny little screwdrivers. In a particularly horrifying story, a woman named Heather realized that she was out of cigarettes and was walking to the convenience store when a blue Nissan truck stopped and asked her if she would like a ride. Heather was also a sex worker, so she agreed. She got into the truck, and the two headed out of town toward the Malala Forest. Steve, as he said his name was, stated his desires, and she said no. She was like, nope, I am not into that. Take me back. He refused. Turned onto a logging road, which is not paved, it's like a dirt road, and began picking up speed, trying to hold on to her. There was a struggle, and Heather jumped from the truck as it sped 60 miles an hour through the forest. Jeez. Luckily, as she jumped, a logging truck was close behind and saw her in the road and stopped. The logger picked picked her up and took her to get medical attention, and she reported that crime to Detective John Turner before Jennifer had this had ever happened to Jennifer. Oh, that's suspicious. Mm-hmm. A different sex worker <laughs> recalled that Steve once agreed to pay her $50 for sex. That was the deal. And instead, once she was in his truck, he tied her wrists and ankles and held her hostage for hours. He tortured her by biting her hard enough to draw blood all over mm-hmm. her body Another woman told them that Dayton had threatened to cut off her breasts with his knife. A different one said he cut off all of her clothes with a machete. One of the women told detectives that he 
took a carving knife to her foot and cut the heel of her foot off while he masturbated. What the hell? Yeah. And I cannot imagine the agony that that must have no been he that's what he would do he would torture these women masturbate while he tortured them some of them said that they were in so much pain that they begged him to kill them and with all of this testimony all of these women saying the same thing rogers was indicted for rape kidnap sexual abuse torture murder on the jennifer case and this is all around August 7th, right? So this happens at the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. But at the end of August, actually the end, August 31st, a crossbow hunter who was hunting in Malala Forest stumbled across the partially buried body of a nude woman. And he was like, nope, getting out of here. He gets out of there, immediately reports his findings, and investigators show up. The hunter led them to the location of the body, And it was confirmed that this woman had been murdered, but she had also been there a while. So because he had gotten out and it took a while, it was really a hard location for them to get to. It was dark when they got there. So they closed off the area, put some watch people out and said, we're going to come back in the morning. By the time they got back in the morning, search crews pretty much immediately found two more bodies within 50 feet of the first one. So they were like, we need to call dogs in. Like, we need to call tracking dogs. So a total of seven women in various states of decomposition were discovered over five days. All of the women had been stabbed and mutilated, and some of their feet had been removed or partially removed probably while they were still alive. Two of the seven had been there significantly longer than the others. And despite us talking about the story, hearing this story, I mean, like, yep, that's the guy. Like, that's definitely that other guy. Initially, detectives didn't even consider him for it because he was in jail on another murder charge. But our homie, Detective John Turner from Jennifer's case, shows up and he starts looking around this crime scene and he goes wow there are tiny vodka bottles and tiny orange juice bottles everywhere oh the floor of the forest so they're like "Hmm, i know who did this john turner's like there it is last hammer so over the next few months they recover these recovered women were identified as lisa mock 23 Maureen Hodges, 26, Christine Adams, 35, Nani Cervantes, 26, Retha Giles, 16, Cynthia DeVore, 21. The seventh wasn't identified until 2013. Oh, wow. It was Tanya Johnson, and she was only 18 years old. Detectives agreed to wait until after the trial for Jennifer's murder to use the evidence that they had to try him for the murders of the woman in the Malala forest. Okay. And also kind of important to note, he had a wife and a kid at home. Oh, he had like an 18 month old baby. The whole time this was happening, he told his wife that he would work late. 
like he had a car to get done or he had a lawnmower to work on or so he would come home for dinner and then leave and pretty much stay at the shop not at the shop all night Mm -hmm. as we well know that's not what he was doing um he said that he suffered from migraines and they would only go away when he was working and she was um she didn't question him she had heard rumors and thought that like he was drinking and maybe not like she thought maybe he was cheating on her but she like chose to trust him so that guy sucks even more uh i always feel so bad for when it's situations like this like the children of the murderers serial killers the wives husbands parents children of the victims as well like you're ruining it's general yeah it's generations you're generationally ruining lives not just one not just two like four years so the first trial is for jennifer and this asshole pleads innocent just straight up innocent he said that he and Jennifer were having consensual sex. He had $200 in his wallet that she saw. And when he got out of the truck to pee, she pulled the knife from the glove box and attacked him. Oh, that's A weird. struggle ensued. Yeah, so weird. A struggle ensued and he accidentally slit her throat. What Bad. about everything else? Is that yeah. the struggle? The struggle? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm. No one bought it. They were like, no, that's not feasible for yeah, that to happen. Wrong. No one's going to get stabbed in the liver twice from behind in a struggle. Yeah. So he sent us to life in prison for the murder of Jennifer. But Malala Four's trial was still looming. And during that trial, they spent five weeks hearing testimony from the various sex workers who this man had violated multiple times. Mm. Floria Adams was the 15-year-old daughter of one of the victims. She said that the star-shaped grommets that had been recovered from his wood stove were from her mom's favorite pair of jeans, and she recognized them. The colored glass that was in the wood stove had also been found in another one of the victims, like in her hair. A psychological evaluation revealed that Dayton committed violent acts under very specific circumstances when he was intoxicated and sexually aroused in a scenario that was bondage, foot fetish. For him to become violent, he must also feel like he had been cheated, either emotionally or sexually, and there must always be a helpless woman as his victim. This was the exact evaluation from the psychiatrist at his trial. He also needed to maintain, pretty, he needed to be pretty sure that he wouldn't be caught. And his victim had to be someone that he felt like he could dehumanize. Oh, like I a sex that. worker. Yeah. All of these things had to be present for him to become violent. And... They were like, he won't be a threat to men in prison. But there was another, there's a senior forensic psychologist um, who said that he would pose a threat to men in prison. He said that um, Dayton, while he had been in prison previously, had 
engaged in sexual relationships with men and mm-hmm. contended that without women being available to be his victims, it was only a matter of time before he started selecting like males to do this to. That's what I would think. Like he would still have to have a proxy. Like no, yeah. this type, this level of like that that doesn't just go away in prison. No, and it's the act. It is murder that is pleasurable mm-hmm. for like these sadistic people you know these especially sexually sadistic ones who torture their victims as a way to get off it took six hours for the jury to convict Dayton Leroy Rogers of aggravated murder on all counts there's actually 14 counts double one for each he was sentenced to death by lethal injection since 2015 Despite appeals, Rogers was sentenced to death at least four times. He just kept getting resentenced to death. Until 2019, when a law in Oregon changed how aggravated murder was defined and what types of aggravated murder warrant, like the death penalty. So in Oregon currently, aggravated murder that warrants the death penalty only applies to the murders of children younger than 14, murders of law enforcement officers, terrorist attacks that kill at least two people, prison killings carried by someone who had previously been convicted of murder, and that's it. That's like, I don't that's agree with very that. very slim, those are slim pickings there, you know? Um, so his death sentence was actually overturned in October 2021. So just last year, Ugh. he now he's just serving life. And I know I normally give more of a backstory on the murderer. So like, if you want to know, yes, as a child, he was physically and sexually abused and he may have suffered a brain injury. And I feel sad for his little baby child self, but not for him because he's still alive. No. He's 68 and I hope he rots. Like, I hope his skin falls off and he dies a horrible death. I hope he has the worst day every day. Like every physically- day of his life. I this case just made me so angry that I was like I don't even want to like I don't want to talk about him or what he went through like I and normally I'm pretty sympathetic to those you know those situations but no I was like "Mm, this guy is disgusting I mm, I don't agree with Oregon's current death penalty rules definition of aggravated murder yeah i don't agree with that well they don't i i don't know that they even really give the death penalty that much anymore i guess i should have looked more into like what the current numbers are for i just feel like if anyone deserves the death penalty it is this guy it's people like this like these serial killers especially ones that torture their victims yeah. Until they're gone. Yes. It yes. is I, a nightmare. I, and I'm not saying that the current standards of like what they define as like a punishable, punishable by death crime. Like I'm not saying that that is not relevant. I'm just saying that there needs to be an expansion to that. To serial killers who have at least eight victims. Yeah, at least eight. Not to mention all of the people, like yeah, the attempted like murder, the rape, like all of it. 
And that's not what like world is all of that stuff not equivalent to like the murder of a law enforcement officer, you know, or the murder of a terrorist attack that kills at least two people. That was a terrorist attack. Yeah. Like, he was terrorizing he was women. A community. And... Ugh, and... I know it doesn't fit the definition of what a terrorist attack is, but I... in my mind it does. Yeah. And I just feel like had you guys kept him locked up the many, many, many times, times before, we wouldn't be having this conversation about this D-bag. Literally a DA warned them in like 72 you know, yeah. like 15 years before this happened, like this guy is a murder waiting to happen. And it's like and that a TikTok. You're shocked. Don't <laughs> tell me you're shocked. Yes. Uh, and I hate that. Like I, mm, for him to decide that he can dehumanize sex workers because he is pompous and feels like they're beneath him makes me want to fucking vomit. Like he is beneath the, the, core of the earth like that's how low that idiot is Ugh. and like his little liquor bottles like he always kept a stock of them in his truck they actually found one of the green caps from the like little orange juice bottles mm -hmm. in his truck and they found like the trash from them in his truck and they found them at his shop and then they found them in the forest floor this so guy really was just, just like a like, drunken asshole like 24 7 100 percent that's gross. Ugh. Yeah. His wife didn't notice his truck was all slashed up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She was I mean, probably like, she, I don't care. Like She's pretty like, much like a single mom. She never sees her husband because she's got an 18-month-old baby she's <laughs> trying to take care of. Like, I don't. And maybe he was like a douche to her. And it's one of those, like, as long as you're not here, I don't give a shit. I'm assuming, for obviously, she didn't think he was out, like, murdering but yeah just like a, if you're gonna go out and like have an affair please just get out there was a lot of in one of the things i read there was a lot of things that said like a relative tipped someone off a relative suggested that they look into this and i'm willing I to bet, bet was she was the relative the relative yeah man they, somebody like told them to check the wood stove they were like look in that wood stove i hate the cases where there were so many chances to have him locked away yeah and especially like he was clearly targeting like young girls 100 yeah. percent, he was targeting young mm -hmm. girls that makes me and sick <sighs> i feel yeah. like it, i feel like it should be the same obviously I feel like, and I have a feeling that this is going to be something we get a message about, but I'm going to say it anyways. I feel like you are killing a sex worker in their line of work. You kill an officer in their line of work. You kill eight sex workers that is killing someone who is working. Like yep. it doesn't matter if you agree with their job or not. That's not your place to decide. Yep. Exactly. It's like killing an officer is a hate crime. Killing only sex workers is a hate crime. Yeah. Like, that is a great way to put it. Like, it is for him to have his de I understand if you're like, hey, no one after this point is going to get the death penalty. But I think you should have fried his ass. And honestly, he's been sitting on death row since for 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know, That is another thing. Since I 1989, 30, 
until last year when it got overturned, mm-hmm. 31 years. He was on 32 years. Mm. That pisses me off. This case, like, I get no closure. I'm mad and I'm apologizing. Even though they got him. Yes, yeah. we're glad for that. It's just like, how long? <laughs> how many how times did this man get reported from women who were like, this guy assaulted me? This guy is scary. And not only that, like, the Malala Forest is vast. It's like 90,000 acres. Mm. So if they found, I mean, it, I guess kind of like with the Green River Killer, it was Mm -hmm. like a cluster, a cluster area where they would drop them. I have no doubt there may be another cluster area. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. You don't have that kind of rage all the time and- that's it yeah yep Mm. so i would not be surprised if this one day resurfaces again do we know outside of him you know getting overturned do we know why what i'm sorry do we know why the 18 year old girl why it took her so long to be identified was she one of the first ones that were in there like was it advanced decomp or she just there was not i don't know records there, they, I did not read why specifically she was. It just said that it took a long time to figure out who she was. And her family said that they do not want to be contacted by media, that they do not want to be contacted by anyone. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, think that's wrong. Like, leave people alone. Let Man, them that one sucked. Yeah, I know. I told Oof. you that I felt like we had taken it easy on. We did. We So we had this conversation where we had, we were like, yeah, we've been kind of, obviously all of these crimes are important. All the victims are important, but we had not, it had, it had been a while since we had like sheer brutality, but don't worry guys. If you were sitting here thinking they've lost their touch, we, I am also doing We haven't. <laughs> we haven't. We've been, oh man. Um, Do you want to hear my funny screwdriver story? Because that's what I was going to tell you. (laughs) So this reminded me of it, but I didn't think it was appropriate to say before. Okay. So when I was in England, I went to a wedding. My cousin and I went to a wedding. And Mm -hmm. we went to the bar and my cousin asked for a screwdriver, which is vodka and orange juice. And they were like, what? Screwdriver? What? A screwdriver? What's in it? Vodka and orange juice. What do you guys call it? And he just went, vodka and orange juice. It's true. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that just made me laugh a lot. And I thought about it. Like, you know, now that like, you say it like that, it's like, you know what? It's kind of like not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we do have like a, this is my sex on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, the Long Island iced tea. That is the one that gets that me. That is not iced tea in no. any capacity. When I turned 21, I was like, I'm going to get me a Long Island iced tea. And then I was like, this is just liquor and more liquor. Like, and a little I'm bit gonna of get me a, a blackout that I don't remember tomorrow. I'm That's what I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. So that was my t- liquor story that I thought of when I was reading about these tiny liquor bottles. Well, not super relevant, but it is extremely funny. relevant to me because now I'm going to just be like, can I have a vodka and orange juice? And they're going to be like, a screwdriver? <laughs> I'm like, no. No, vodka like, and orange juice. Vodka and orange juice. 
Um, well, if you listen to this episode and you thought to yourself, I could make a better true crime podcast, you should. <laughs> Do it. You should. And Zencaster makes it extremely easy. You need zero software, just the internet. Pretty soon you're just going to need your phone and you can start a podcast. We have been, um, there's been quite a few people message us and I'm not trying to brag, but we are very open to giving any type of pointers or tips or what we do, how we research, anything like that. Please reach out. Um, Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing. Use promo code gruesome with a capital G. Get 30% off. They have a free version, but if you're into video podcasting, which is what we do for our Patreon listeners, we're going to like be branching out more with that later as well. Um, the paid version has better like video quality and audio quality and you get some more perks and all of that, but it's dope. Yeah. You should do it. So you can make bank on YouTube also with your video podcast. Double whammy. Can I get on a soapbox for a second? Climb up. All right, here I go. I have been, we talked a little bit about this, about like this sensationalism of like Kanye West and Kim Kardashian and like how he is like going nuts. Mm -hmm. And I sat thinking today, first Meg and I had talked about like, we have family members who have mental health issues. So we were like, damn, I feel that. Like I feel the ups and downs. Like I empathize. But as a domestic violence survivor, I realized how extremely triggering his behavior is. And Mm -hmm. like, it's not funny. It's harassment. It's disgusting. And I had that like, holy shit, I'm part of the problem moment. Cause I had like kept reading about it and I was like, I can't believe like this is what's going on. But we are watching a woman be harassed harassed and stalked and her new relationship. Like she's being stalked. He's threatened. Threatened. He's asking for people to like yell and scream. People to threaten them and harass them. Yes. And like that is what you are seeing play out in the media. This is what women and men deal with every single day who are in relationships like this. So if you've ever once been like, I wonder, I don't understand how people can have relationships like this. This is what it's like. It's the constant, like, I'm going to get you back. You're not going to be with anybody else, but me, the absolute complete control. So I do think that men and women who are, you know, who have been in relationships with domestic violence, this is the more I like pondered on it. I was like, Holy shit. Like I'm, this is hard. Like Mad. this is hard to watch. This is yeah. And it's being used as an entertainment value versus like what it is stalking and harassment. But it's like one of those like media, you have money things. Yeah. And like then you- they're like posting, you know, Oh, this is how they're reacting. And I'm like, you know how they should be reacting? Like with a lawsuit, <laughs> like that yeah, says, like restraining hey, order. You, yeah, you can't be near me. Like I know that she. I keep reading this. Like we want to co-parent. We want to do this. I want to do this right. And I'm like, yeah, but to what extent? Yeah, Ugh, and I'm like, sure there's more stuff going on with um our Lord and Savior Chris Jenner because she doesn't sleep. <laughs> she works harder than any PR person I've ever read about. So I'm sure there are things coming and she, but this is, this is what it's like. Like what you're seeing is what it's like. Only sometimes it's not like I'm going to get you back. It's like, I'm going to kill you. So yeah. 
and or it's, even just like the it's like he, the the relationship that you go into to like try to make the other person be like see what i'm missing and then when it doesn't go your way the absolute freak out that mm-hmm. followed that whole yep. situation yeah absolutely it's just a nightmare yeah this is so, i it's, we have big awful. feelings about this right now. We were texting about it earlier. <laughs> uh, because honestly, I think Instagram should completely disable his account. Take away. I mean, that's, you're inciting violence. You're harassing. Like these are like harassment And I things. think most of it's happening on Twitter even. Like yeah. it's less Instagram and more Twitter. And I don't, I, I don't, don't have, have Twitter. A, I don't have Twitter either. I've never been very good at Twitter. I just, I went through I a tried. phase. But then I realized, like, I don't think anyone cares what I have to say. And then I started a podcast. <laughs> uh, my kid was like, why don't they call it Tweeter? Their picture is a bird. And I was like, like well, girl, Twitter is also, wrong. like, uh, your Twitter's also a bird noise. But that is funny. Tweet, tweet. Uh, tweet, tweet. Um, yeah. But yeah. I just wanted to say that because it's been bothering me. to get on that soapbox. I liked it. Thank you. Thank you. And I really appreciated your um, your little hate crime speech in there. That was a very good point I hadn't considered. I liked it. Yeah, it I know. Well, well put. It was eloquent. We're going to have someone be like, you can't compare the two. And I'm going to be like, I... <laughs> Too will late. Direct, I will direct you to my my Chris Jenner. <laughs> my PR person. It's me. Yes. Um, she is the PR person. We talk about this. Well, that's why you only hear from me. Connie sees, though. She's in the I shadows I do see. Lurking. I am in the shadows <laughs> lurking. Um, I I lurk a lot. I actually will. <laughs> I can't say this. Never mind. Actually, I'm going to say it. I will get very overwhelmed with the amount of messages, and I will read them. I'm like, oh, my God, this is super nice. And, like, Meg, will have, Meg and I will have conversations about them, but sometimes I'll just mark them unread so I can take care of it. Yeah, no, I... This has happened a lot recently where I like go in to see what I need to do for the day. It's like my job checklist. And I'm like, oh, there's like 15 messages open that I didn't even know yet. Yeah. And like, I will, I've been trying to do better with it, but I get very overwhelmed. And I, I still am at the point where it's like, I can't believe people want to listen to us. So when they're like, we love you, I'm like, okay, but why? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Social media is overwhelming in general. Especially, I I think, with, like, TikTok and Reels and just, like, the expectation. Like, because posting a picture is so easy. But now when you're moving into, like, these video formats, Mm -hmm. you're like, I don't want to make videos. I don't know how to make videos. Like, why would I? Why do I want to? I don't want to do that. It's okay if you just want to watch other people's, too. Yeah, I barely even, like, I'll post on my, like, my personal Instagram stories. But I don't even really... I don't really even post on there very often. I, it's just too much. I will spend hours scrolling and like laughing and being like, oh my God, these people are so great. And I will have the thought where it's like, I wish I could do this. Like, I wish I could just like, I'm going to make a reel today. I just can't. It's not in me. I spent like two days socializing. Like we had the birthday party on Saturday. Then we had people over for the Super Bowl. And I went to bed at like six o'clock on Monday. I was like, I'm tapped out. This is it. That's enough. It's enough it's for today. Too much at work. Um, my boss was like, "Are you okay?" And I told him, "I was like, look, I'm gonna be honest. I was around people all weekend, and I'm feeling extremely overwhelmed." 
I'm tapped out. My social Mm -hmm. meter has popped out of the top like a cartoon, like when the thermometer Mm -hmm. gets too hot. That really happened to me once. I was like trying to stay home from school. We had one of those glass thermometers with like the, Mm -hmm. and I stuck it in my mom's coffee. And I was like, this will work. And it busted it, like exploded. And then it was in her coffee. And I was like, I can't swap her coffee. So I just left it and she drank it. And then I started like freaking myself out. I'm like, what if it's mercury? But they didn't make it with mercury then. They I was about to say, out. you could have killed your mom. What if I poisoned her? I would have been very um, upset. Actually, it might have been my dad's coffee. I don't know whose it was. I was just like, this is the coffee. So I just like backed away slowly. And went to school. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I'm feeling fine. I all of a sudden feel just fine. <laughs> what am I gonna do? I wonder if they ever wondered, like, where's the thermometer? We must have lost. It. Why have I had the worst diarrhea of my <laughs> life today? Probably because I ate the inside of or drank the inside of a thermometer. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk later about the fact that you just like left it and like what that says about you as a person. <laughs> It's, it's like I'm not willing to take responsibility for this moment of my life because I was just trying to have a nice day. <laughs> I just want to stay at home. I could have you know, made it way my, worse. That's my favorite part about being an adult is I can just be like, I don't want to do that today, so I'm not going to. It's hard to get to that point, though, because like for so much of your childhood, Mm-hmm. You have to do it. Like you have to go. You got to do this. You got to get up. You got to get ready. Got to do. And like you still have to do that as an adult. But at least you have the ability to be like, Nah, I'm good today. Well, I want to direct you to us talking about me getting arrested in the living room because I decided not to go to school. So I have never been one to be like, I have to do this. <laughs> that's true. Like, that's fair. Nah, that's not me. That's not happening. Consequences. But I mean, I'll deal with them later. Like. That school structure does input like there's no point in my mind that you should have been arrested because you didn't want to go to school. I understand I'm, what your mom was doing. I understand the lesson that she was teaching you there. No, but I still stand I'm by not that with okay you. with it. Mm-mm. I love my mom to death, and that is the biggest flaw of a parent she ever did. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. I Especially need- considering you weren't even like you weren't even doing anything illegal. No, like you were and just not going to school. I guess that's truancy, but I think that's stupid too. But I think this goes back to like people, girls who have like ADHD and like mental health, like anxiety issues and everything, because we are not actively diagnosed as fast. So I was overwhelmed. I needed a mental health day or two. And it was like, no, you go to we- school. And then I was like, I will not. We let the newly seven-year-old take, she's actually taken quite a few mental health days in the last couple months. She just seems really tired, and I think she's growing like, mm-hmm. just in general, but yesterday when she went to bed, she looked so tired. Like the circles under her eyes, I looked at her, I was like, you look exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and so we just let her sleep today because we thought she needed it. Like, she had a busy weekend. Go. She was also I like, know. she's like, I was around people too much. I have got to go. Yeah, it was her birthday party. So she probably was just exhausted from that. And then she went to the Super Bowl party with her dad while I stayed home and studied. She had a busy weekend too. Yeah, she was tired. I 
have struggled with um, since like we were all sick and like my middle son was like extremely sick and he was out of school for like it's been like a total of like two weeks. He is at the point where it's like, bro, I know, but you got to go to school. Like, I don't I know. know. If you don't let him go enough, then they're like, I don't have to go. <laughs> like, you have I'm to just go. fine. Again, bringing me back to my point. <laughs> when you're a kid and you're just like, you have to do things. Mm-hmm. My youngest I... got, my daughter started the, but why? And there are sometimes I'm like, you know, you're right. You can do Because I said I so. I don't have a good reason for you. <laughs> Because because I said so is not a good reason, even though it is relevant. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it is. It's just because because I don't want you to do it. Like that's also why. because I don't want to do it. <laughs> we can't finger paint right now because I don't want to finger paint. But why? I don't want to clean up the mess. It's not on my journey right now. This is not a part of my journey. Finger painting is not in my life it's right now. Mine's Barbies. Barbies are not a part of my journey today. I'm very sorry. I wish that is like the one thing if I could change about like my psyche out of everything that is screwed up in my brain. The one thing I wish I had more like of an imagination to the point of like I could play with the kids better because my two youngest are very into their imagination and my brain is not wired that way. Yeah, I'm with you. Like Like sometimes in, in certain things it is. But, like, mm-hmm. I would much rather, like, build a puzzle yeah, or read books or something that has an end that I can see. But, like, yeah. I have a very hard time just, like, playing Barbies or, like, playing toys. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like, I'm thinking of all the other things. You try to be present, but. And they hand you, like, a shoe and they're, like, this is a tractor. And I'm, like, no, this is a shoe. <laughs> I <laughs> I give them the freedom and like I will go along with whatever they say, but I am dying inside. <laughs> I'm dying. Light in me is slowly dying. But if you want to like I'll read books with you constantly, like I will do creative outlets, like the coloring. I, I will do that part of it. I will build Legos all day. Give yeah, me exactly. Legos. I but I also can't take plain legos and make something i'm like i need a book <laughs> i got a book uh, like that use these um like use this book to make your legos into something else yeah and yeah, I, I can never like finish one thing in it because i'm like i can't find all these exact pieces this likes this looks like the piece that my kid kept sticking up his nose and i threw away yeah my husband and i got real uh i don't know audacious ones and we sorted all of the legos by piece like what kind Ooh, they were that and is we had funny. them all organized and then they were ruined and i was like never again Mm-mm. i'll never invest my life at least while my kids are little into that again yeah we have uh organizers of i mean i have them like the dip because we have like the deplo we have like the building blocks for my daughter and then like the boys have totes and totes and totes and totes and totes and totes and totes of legos because they're my mother-in-law would go to yard sales and she's like i bought this trash bag full of legos look at everything we got that's a good deal yeah and i'm like all right bring it in people sell their legos by the pound now we probably 20 bucks a pound we probably my uh stepsister did she um her boys like became teenagers and she's like, I'm going to sell Legos. And she sold them off pound by pound. Mm. 
And I was I like, I kind of will keep, I think I'll keep my Legos. Yeah. I, I also have my own Lego sets. I mean, hello. <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked showed Lego. it long enough. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our talk show. TED Talk. Meg Thanks Talk. Thanks for coming to our blank talk, blah, blah. Um, real quick, just if you're still listening and you live in Los Angeles and you know any tattoo artists that aren't going to give us hepatitis, please let us know because we don't want hepatitis. And I need a tattoo of a podcast mic while I'm in LA. So LA. Or if you're a tattoo artist. Yeah, for sure. If, let us know because I... We want to give you money. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you money. And I, you'll see how weird I am in person. When she doesn't talk to you. <laughs> when you're just like, hello. Thank you. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> Unless I've been drinking. That's like, like I got to do something. <laughs> the anxiety meds aren't cutting it right now. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G or 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true kind this helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're, we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.